When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Highlighting the pride of the Pacific, it's Pacific Flair with Peter Alatini and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ. Yeah, welcome into Pacific Flair for your Monday evening. It's just gone 7.33. Manaya filling in for Ricardo and Peter Alatini joining me as he does every week. How are you, Peter? Malalele, Manaya. Good, brother. Good. Um... Yeah, interesting, interesting weekend of uh, of footy. Before we get into the footy, can I ask you? We just had Justin Marshall on. He was talking about the uh, the facial hair tradition that they had at the Crusaders, and they go if you just joined us when the Crusaders go over for their first uh, road trip of the year, they all get together and try and grow the the weirdest facial hair they can. That's why Richie Moanga was sporting the the disco uh, sideburns. Were you part of any of that kind of thing back in the day? I was in '96 when we went on that tour. Yeah, the Crusaders when they first did it, I didn't quite get it. And, and then my facial hair was really average, so it didn't <laughs> really grow too much during that tour. Any other, um, like either at a club level or professional level of those kind of things? I know Beaver at his club, they all have to climb up a pole. There's a pole, <laughs> a ceremonial pole they have to climb up. Um, nothing like that? No, not at, not at club level, but I mean, there's always, um, the facial hair is, is a big one. I mean, the Crusaders carry it through, but most tours, yeah, you yeah. go on. I can see you, why. You have a crack, and yeah, and it's cool. It's just... Because you're away. Yeah, exactly. You're away from your mum. She can't see. <laughs> exactly. And the only thing is, is when they see it in, on, on TV, they're horrified. <laughs> you do get a message going, when are you showing me that off? And I say, well, we've got one more game to go before we, yeah. we get rid of it. But uh, awesome traditions. Like Marshy said, how good that they're still doing it um, 2022. Yeah, that's you know? really cool. That's awesome. Um, speaking of traditions, I think one of the coolest things that both Moana Pacifica and the Drawer have brought into Super Rugby is the the haka, the, the pre-game challenges that they're throwing down. Super Rugby was missing that, and we didn't even realise. <laughs> I agree, but you know, I think with the hackers with each franchise having a haka nowadays, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Which really, you know, again another identity piece into their into their team into their franchise, but. Man, the, the Haka challenges in the weekend between Moana and Drua was, was really spectacular. I, I thought it was, it was really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I do think that that's something that, you know, we talk about bringing entertainment value back into Super Rugby and bringing, you know, people back into the grounds, uh, getting viewership numbers up on TV and all that kind of stuff. Well, that only adds to it. And like you mentioned, all, particularly all the New Zealand teams, we could be doing that. Oh, mate, it's awesome. I mean, they, I see that they do... Um, do it at particular times, eh? mm. you know, with a challenge. But but I do love it, you know, when they honour the coaches or honour a player that's done his 50 or 100 games yeah. and they pull it out. It's it's something special and I think it's really unique for New Zealand to have. But now with Pacifica teams, uh, Drua and, and, and Moana, it's, it's actually added value, I reckon, to the game. Yeah, and I mean, the show's called Pacific Flair and that's what we saw uh, on the weekend <laughs> in spades. It was a pretty, you know, I mean, a, a disappointing result. Um, but some enterprising footy on the weekend, and I think that's 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 what I loved about it. I think that the, the biggest thing around that is that both teams didn't go away from what they're really good at. So that attacking, the attacking um, flair, and, and you know, dare I say, the drawer, who we've seen all season, how dangerous they are, regardless if they're 
in your 22 or their own. Yeah. Um, the fact that they, they play the go, same. They can go for, for the length of the field. And, and then, you know, those wingers have been so impressive. And, and uh, they were they were doing that again on um, on Saturday. But also, Moana scored some fantastic tries too. Yeah. I thought Funaki, who we had on last week, um, I think he's been one of the form players up there in that loose trio with uh, Timis Thowers as well. But yeah. um, Funaki was outstanding. That, that solo try he scored to come out. That far from the from the mall, I was like, "Oh, mate, what are you doing?" <laughs> but then he bumped off the blooming winger, and then went right, right through to score. It was a real no, no, yes moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, no, well done. Oh, we love you. Yeah, yeah, that so was great. <laughs> Could see what you were trying to do there. <laughs> yeah. um, Thirty-four nineteen. It was I, I, honestly the the end of the game. I just want to bring this up before we carry on. That the end of the game, the last sort of like three minutes, there was a bizarre like knock on, <laughs> counter knock on, someone was interfered with, then they ran away and scored a try, that was blown up, brought back, and then an attack down the other end, that was blown up, eventually kicked out, it was a really messy end of the game and I actually kind of think that that last few minutes kind of summed the whole game up don't you think, like both teams having a crack trying stuff, but the execution was just probably lacking for both sides you'd think. And I think that that has been for both teams, the, you know, their problem areas when they've played um, the other teams that they get, uh, they do so well, put pressure on, on their team and then they just kind of ease off with, from, from a simple execution mistake, you know, whether it's a line out, whether it's drop ball, but mm. again, that last three minutes where they were bobbling, I just couldn't, I know they were desperate to get that ball in their hand, mm. but wouldn't it have been easy just to fall on the ball, set that ruck and then go again. But then they bobbled and, like you said, they pushed. When they scored, the other try came back. And then they, they put the penalty yeah. and kicked it out. Good line out the pushed and then lost the ball in the air. So it was tough to watch that, that last part. Is it, a, is it an experience thing? Because you sort of see, you know, the more experienced players, they seem to have more time. The game seems to slow down for them. And it seems that Moana Pacific, obviously, outside Christian Lelia Whanau, they don't have a lot of that, that, that level. I mean, what team does have multiple players of that level but um, you know and so the game can seem to get a bit frantic particularly when they're on attack and you know get a little bit excited I agree and, and look at the, the ages of those those boys have come in like yeah. we said all uh, season round these guys are playing at this high tempo level of, of, of game and they just it's just those little executions in time and, and, and again you know the more they play in it but I still go back to they got to embrace the level they're at and mm. understand they have to be better. You can't be making the same mistakes over and over. And regardless, even if it's your first season, you just got to kind of get better at doing that. And that's the only way you're going to actually be able to challenge, especially those bigger teams. I mentioned this uh, just off air before we were talking about there's a, a period in every Moana Pacifica game <laughs> where you think, they're on here. They're going to they're gonna take this one out. I think particularly... But they do tend to score in bunches. They might score a couple of tries, and then you see Aaron Major in the coach's box, and he's the most animated coach in Super Rugby. He's fizzed up, he's yelling, he's jumping around, and you're thinking, oh, here we go, here we go, we're on here. Um, and it never quite eventuates. And it's, you know, in, in those moments, I think it's it's that next period of play, you know, and I don't think they, they've got quite the hang when, when that ball comes catch the ball down, set what is their next plan type yeah. thing. And usually what happens is that they either get pressured or an unforced error would happen and then all of a sudden you've just lost that, that key uh, momentum yeah. that you'd gained and the other team seems to, to pick it up and, and, and come back harder, you know, because now they've got an opportunity to attack 
And, and they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to talk uh, briefly uh, on the other side of this air break about where to uh, for Minor Pacifica, not just this year. Uh, we are getting down to the pointy end of the Super Rugby competition playoffs uh, just around the corner. Another two weeks of the regular season, although three games for Minor Pacifica uh, <laughs> to squeeze in in that in that uh, period as well. Um, but where they go next year as well. Um, and plus, again, every time I'm in here, I feel like I... I take this opportunity selfishly to ask an all-black midfielder <laughs> who should the all-black midfield be. So uh, today will be no different. We'll be right back with Pacific Flair after this. No Ricardo Bormanaya in for him, but Peter Alatini joining us as he does every week for Pacific Flair. Uh, and just before the break, we mentioned we're going to get into well, where to now for Moana Pacifica. Not not particularly in these next uh, three games that they've got to get through um, in, I think, two weeks that the force <laughs> unwilling to budge on that uh, makeup game. Um but yeah, well, so where do Moana Pacifica go? You know, next year, next two years, three years and from that, here. That's a great question, Nikos. That's probably one of the parts where I really wanted to touch base with um, the Moana Pacifica management, or, or even uh, I try to get Tau Taikefu from Tonga Coach, just to really talk about where are they pushing players that they know they've got from overseas to come back into this competition again. You know, it's still a competition which really um, highly regarded in terms of schools, but also closer for the for the purpose of playing for Tonga or, or Samoa and those internationals. But it's it's you know, I'm trying to think of um, different areas where the can scope. Are the coaches going to um, look in more into to what's out there that may be available for Tonga or Samoa, or um, and even the players they have got within, are they all available for, for these countries going forward? And and the depth, I think mm. some of these guys that have played this year, um, have they done enough for them to see that there's that there's development in them to keep and go forth for next year? So some some that's probably some really um, I think they'll be probably right on to that, knowing Philo and, and Azza and, and Kevin Senior and, and them in the back background making sure because they know that this is their first year but going heading into a second year eight, mm. the expectations will slowly kind of pick up again, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and then kind of see which ones we'll be, we'll be able to, to target to play for them. Yeah, well, I mean, like I say, it, any competition that brings a new team, you know, into their, into their midst, that, that team is going to struggle. We're going to see it next year with the Dolphins and the NRL. It doesn't matter if they were brought in because, you know, they were just this money club that could throw all this cash and bring in whoever they want, or if they, uh, you know, you add on the extra weight of Moana Pacifica being a, uh, you know, a gateway ha- trying to have this this pathway for for Pacific players to come through and then make their way in and, and give them something to represent as well. Um, so, how hard is it to balance that kind of stuff? Because, like you said, every Super Rugby franchise would love to go out there and just sign a big name <laughs> if you had all the cash that you could throw around. But there's also this added weight of well, we've got to develop these these mm. kids from out of the islands to bring in. And show them, hey, Super Rugby is a career path for you too. Exactly, and that's and that's going to be the challenge. And I just feel um, there's the other layer as well as as the, the, these kids that are coming out of school. Um, you know, most a lot of Pacifica dominated within our one A rugby, especially here in, in Auckland. Mm. And some of them, you know, only a select few will go through and in, into different regions or different franchises. So with some that in that next tier down, is there an opportunity to show them a pathway to, to build, say, the under-20s that uh, is currently running with other franchises? Can we have a Moana Pacifica 20s that may be able to start 
kind of getting earlier with some of these kids, understanding the pathway that's available and, and kind of pushing through in years to come so there's some depth, some genuine depth built. That's something I hadn't even considered, that all of these super rugby clubs have their feeder franchises based on uh, location. You know, you've got Canterbury, mm. you've got Wellington, you've got uh, Auckland for the Blues, um, but Minor Pacifica doesn't really have that. That's right. So you kind of scope... Around and then some figures. I mean, we're still in New Zealand, and that's the hardest yeah. thing, you know, because some of those and we know that those kids are still, you know, their number one is to play for their franchise, play for the All Blacks. Mm. But I think there's there's still an area there that I think, and with the amount of talent that's around, because we're still getting a huge drop off in the game. So if these kids can be picked up and run into this competition, it's just about I suppose the resources and is, is New Zealand willing um, enough to allow that to happen in their own country as such. This is probably a really unfair question to ask you on the spot, but I was reading a quote today from Maro Otoje, who was saying, he was asked about, um, uh, you know, numbers, like you mentioned, mm. the drop-off in rugby and, and particularly the viewership uh, thing and, and people getting into crowds. And he said, you can't tell me that Formula One is more exciting to watch than rugby. <laughs> so it's obviously something else that we're doing because the game itself is, you know, exciting. Formula One... No, no disrespect to the Formula One fans out there. <laughs> Drive to Survive is a great documentary. It is a great documentary. But a, a great game of rugby union is so much more riveting, so much more exciting um, than that. So, yeah, how do we how do we bring those bumps into seats? Well, that's 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 a, a great question. It's hard. It's, it's quite hard in New Zealand because we keep comparing the eras of when you know our super yeah. time and, and the crowds that used to come into that compared to to what it is. You know, like. Uh, the Blues on, on the weekend, great, it was loud, but, you know, it's still a lot of missing. And, and they're doing great things to get family passes and everything for yep. these kids to come. And I think that's almost the way we've got to go to get bums on seats is where can we kind of forego, you know, the, the payment as such and make up in, in other areas if we can to get families and, and people coming to the games. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was a kid, the, the, the take a kid to footy deals. <laughs> yeah. I'd be up in the I'd be up in the stands. Me and the old man would have our, our faces painted. Even like clubs, you know, like clubs are all playing. Can we get buses and stuff? To, you know, you just forego something. Get yeah. buses straight there. Jump in. Bring your teams in and just go and have, have a night of footy and, and, and kind of catch up and cheer on the whatever your team is, you yeah. know, whatever your franchise is. So. Bring fun back to footy. That's yeah. all we need to Bring do. Bring it back, mate. <laughs> like, take us back. Bring fun back to footy. Um, now, as I do every time I'm in here with you, I, I steal this opportunity <laughs> to pick your brain on what is becoming, or if not already, the, the most hotly contested uh, position for the All Blacks, the midfield. I mean, obviously every... Well, the last few years it seems like the loose forward trio has been pretty hotly contested, but this year the chat is all around the midfielders and there's so many to choose from. How, how do you see it playing out? Oh, mate, look, it's, it's like you said, and I think we, we spoke about last time, the, the different combinations I'm seeing that are really kind of... I mean, RTS and, and Rico are starting to make headways, and, it, I mean, winning does help, but even just seeing Roger in the weekend, each game, and he's playing 80 minutes, which I think is really, yeah. really smart by, by Leon getting his game, his continuity, his momentum going... Um, his defence is picking up all the time, making some breaks and offloads is unreal. Yeah, the defence thing, you hit the nail on the head because I, you don't notice him, you know? If he was bad on defence, you'd be like, oh, God, there he is again, <laughs> exactly. getting dusted. But no, you don't notice him on defence, which is a good thing, right? And he's got bright boots, so you, you know <laughs> that if he misses something, he'll yeah. be able to see him. But, you know, Tupaier and, and Alex um, Nankerville, yeah. the Chiefs, they've been fairly consistent, although Tupaier only just came back to the midfield because yeah. he was playing out on the... On the wing, and then you got Eno and Goodhue, who Good I feel, back. you know, and Havili's kind of in and out there. But I, 
I really do at the moment. Um, if I was to pick a midfield, I'd probably go RTS and Rico. Just the way they've been able to really? strike combos. I've seen. I, I haven't seen anyone hit a line like Rico can from centre. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, the, those short balls, and to be able to back it up with pace to blistering get blistering pace, blistering pace to get on the outside. And I must admit, his, his defence is getting better too in, in terms of his reads. Um, but man, I hate to be the coach's man because at any one time, and I think the key will be these the quarterfinals onwards on, and who's in yeah, and, and really play under pressure and, and, and really kind of get tested in that way. And I think we'll start to see, you know, some some we may be able to see w- which ones will, will come forward. Someone's starting to emerge. Do you, do you, are you picking those two because of uh, continuity, you know, because they've played with each other all season? Yes. Or, are they, or because they're the form centres? Of- I, just, I just see in some of the play they got and, and you think about who they'll come up against in terms of the French, the the Springboks. The, I think they, they've got a good combo in terms of, because I, I feel, and this is just me personally, my opinion, I feel it's kind of the midfield kind of comes back to the, the era of my era where it's not all about straight hard-hitting man-on kind of taking the ball up. you got, yeah. that, you know, with Roger coming back, that footwork he's got, he's beating yeah. every first defender and making headways in, in game lines. So I think the game, because the defence is so strong and solid, we need this, this good footwork. But then you need midfielders that can run into space. And that's where I see Rico Iona. Mm. I think he's one of the best and be able to pick a hole. I think Alex Nankerville as well runs good holes um, off a good 12 as well. Now, that's who you would pick. Who do you think the All Black selectors mm. will pick? Because do you think they would roll the dice on, on RTS this early in his career? Oh, well, I don't think they would have gone and, and got him across the, the game line not to, to mm. have him. And I think everything that, that he is... Um, Speaks for itself in, in terms of the, the, the man, you know, the student of the game, and yeah. Tana speaks highly of of how this this guy just goes through his work and and, and just does every little thing well. Yeah, and I think so. In terms of that mold, he's kind of proven that. And just seeing him playing eighty minutes, he's just got to last, you know, keep playing the way he is to the to the end of the season to really kind of, I suppose, settle some minds that are still kind of feeling that he needs to prove himself. Yeah, and at the end of the day, is RTS. He's <laughs> Mate. one of the greatest uh, league prospects we've ever created. Mate, that footwork just kills me. I mean, the way he beats the first oh, man is ridiculous. People are swinging at ghosts. <laughs> Ankle breakers, I think they call them. Oh, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I had one more question I was going to ask you. Oh, yes, this is it. The uh, classic All Blacks game is oh. this weekend. Have you ever played in one of those? Yes. I'm disappointed, Chris, that you didn't <laughs> ask me. I know I was injured last year. I could have come as a water boy, but obviously all those spots are taken. How did you go, and what does Beaver need to think about ahead of the game? I understand he has not put the bottle down since he got on the plane. <laughs> I don't think many of them have, but just, just quietly looking at their little snaps and stuff. Yeah. But. Um, I'll be a bit. You know, the, the, the funny thing about the classic All Blacks is that you'll have so much fun off the field that uh, you'll be kind of, by the time you kind of reach the on the field, you'll probably still be burping. There'll be a lot of stuff in your stomach <laughs> for the first five minutes. But I think the pride comes back to you and, and it just naturally, and you'll see them all, maybe the first 15 minutes, it'll be like bumbling because they'll probably seeing two people. But then by the time they get their vision back and they're on, Honestly, it's, it just clicks and then away you go. I've already seen it. Um, he mentioned that his, his legs were sore. He got a couple of practice kicks away. I said, oh, why don't you just get let Luke McAllister do the kicking? He's like, no, I'll be doing the kicking. <laughs> He's like, yeah, there it is. There it is, Beaver. Take charge, <laughs> B. Take charge. There's that fire in your valley again. Uh, Moana Pacifica taking on. They've got a brutal uh, next couple of I games. Know. Brumbies and Reds coming up. Uh, we wish them all the best. Thanks very much for your time tonight, Peter. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Manai. And thanks, thanks for Benny. your time uh, joining us on Pacific Flair for another week. We'll see you next week.